This is Nick, Gerald, and Jamie here at the International CES Consumer Electronics ah. Show. What? Nothing. Let's <laughs> go. Continue. Always throws you off every time I do that. Take that off the air when you listen to this later, Gerald. And do not throw this as a bumper on one of our podcasts. This is Jamie, Nick, and Gerald here at the International CES 2015 Consumer Electronics Show. For those of you who are not familiar with the acronym, um, we anticipate seeing a lot of great things today, although it's the same thing every year. But, Jamie, what are your um, impressions of what you expect to see at the show this year? What, what's the focal point, rather, you feel? I just, I want to see everything and anything electronics. You know, Samsung looks like they're going to come with some really nice stuff, so I want to see that. It's almost like my feet are already hurting. I'm in so much anticipation. You can hear the enthusiasm in his voice. Well, we're going to have a lot of great interviews coming up uh, with uh, Snail Games. I know we've got uh, also one scheduled with uh, Stern Pinball. So basically, if you are a pinball fanatic, we're going to go down memory lane. We're gonna, Actually, we've got a meeting, I think, with the president himself, Mr. Stern. So anytime you're able to go and get the namesake of Stern Pinball, that's uh, catch indeed. I hear they have don't, a WWE table. And don't forget Razor. Oh, yes. And uh, let's not forget Razor. And uh, we're trying to get some more as well, get some more... Uh, Interviews, get more, so you can get the feel of what it's like to be here in Vegas for the International CES 2015. It's just going to truly be a great time, and I'm looking to get some free stuff. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't we going to try and find Aaron while we're there? Oh, that's right. Uh, Aaron, aka OSU Water Polo, is actually getting uh, garnering some of these interviews for us, Uh, so he's actually out there right now. So he's going to also be on on, uh, at least one of these interviews. So we hopefully enjoy it. We hope you uh, take a listen to what uh, what's going on because uh, these people that are there, they are working very hard to produce great products for you, the consumer out there, that hopefully will enjoy for years to come. So on that note, uh, we will have a lot of great content, a lot of great content, podcasts, interviews, and videos. Uh, I know Gerald definitely wants to make it a point to uh, hit up Sony. Samsung over there, man. Let's go to Samsung. I heard they had a great t-shirt there. Yeah, let's go take a picture with the Hulk. It should be real quick to wait in line. Short, short line. Yeah, nothing at all. Anyway, this is Nick, Jamie, and unfortunately Gerald <laughs> here from from GameSource. Tune in to www.yourgamesource.com for the latest and greatest in all that is gaming, media news, and CES 2015 coverage. Hey, it's Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, and I'm also here today with Degenerate 08 and me, <laughs> Nick, or otherwise known as SOS Rage. We want to talk about our time spent at the Sony booth at the International CES 2015 to get, as I do every year there at Sony, all the great gadgets that they have there, but mainly for you, the gaming fan and the gamer at large, we wanted to concentrate on to see well, what's going on with Sony when they presented themselves at the International CES 2015. Uh, wanted to let everyone know that we, we got a chance, an extensive look um, at, well, games like The Order 1886, which I know uh, is on the high up on a lot of people's most anticipated list. 
Um, your thoughts, Nick? You got a chance to put hands on on the game, almost a hands on on a PR rep too, but a hands on on the game. So, what were your uh, thoughts on uh, the order eighteen eighty six? I cannot believe you actually just said that on this recording. You better take that out. Dirty. <laughs> um. Any, anyway, um, my that wow that threw me off. Um, the order actually, I was I, I was telling Jamie. Um, I thought I was pretty impressed by that game actually. Um, I I. I it had already looked pretty good, and I know it seemed like there was a lot of criticism initially. Uh, and there based was, of, because there was a lot of frame rate issues, screen tearing, things of that nature. It didn't look like it was going to be near ready uh, for its late February release date. And uh, I just thought, uh, along with a lot of other industry pundits, that it wasn't going to be able to be a finished, you know, good project. Well, you, but but it just seemed like even even at E three it seemed like what came out of that I, I I thought I had heard it was critiqued, I mean not not badly necessarily but not as great as it could have been but when I was playing it, um, I thought the game was very fluid uh, graphics were amazing I, I mean it seems like they, you know they they captured the the, the quality of, uh, quality of the game very well um, I I think it was pretty fluid gameplay like I was expressing to Jamie I think one of my only beeps with the game so far through my experience is that. Um, the over-the-shoulder camera is a little bit too close, and oftentimes when I was in the midst of combat, even when I was in a uh, you know the quote-unquote uh, slow-mo mode where I it, you know everything slowed down enough to provide enough time to to uh, you know kill the enemies, I was I I was so close it was hard to accurately aim and you know kind of function overall. Um, that was kind of my biggest beef, which which kind of hampered down the game a little bit. I don't know if maybe a there was a way to maybe adjust the angles a little bit better uh, to, to where they were a little more optimal for gameplay. But um, outside of the camera camera related issues, I mean, I thought it was uh, seemed like a pretty action packed game, easy to just pick up and play. Um, I was pretty impressed with it. How I was pretty the cover based as far as the game? Um, you know, it, it emulates Gears of War. I actually felt more Uncharted, believe it or not. I felt more Uncharted uh, cover, you know, duck and cover kind of thing. Just the way that you were able to kind of dash and then uh, do kind of a dash and cover and then just the, the system that they had put into place to kind of swap weapons out was very similar, I thought, to uh, to the way Uncharted felt. That was the first thing that came into my mind was kind of, hey, this is kind of similar um, in terms of that, that aspect of it. Um, and uh, I liked it. It was pretty easy. I was able to just uh, use the uh, D-pad to uh, quickly switch between weapons, um, and like you know, the learning curve was—I mean, what, what I. About the enemy AI was it? Uh, they no, actually, the enemy AI was was fairly uh, intelligent. Um, it was, uh, you know, it actually it actually provided you a challenge. They they were they were ducking and covering, um, advancing tactically, um, being defensive and offensive. Um, actually, fairly. It, what it made it, it did make it fairly challenging. Uh, they were, you know, when you know when you draw when you drew when I at least when I was drawn down on some of them, they they effectively took cover at the right time. Um, some of them were kind of stupid and were outright out in cover, but I mean, uh, they they did simulate something pretty realistically. So, uh, Jamie, you also had some time with two Vita games. Uh, first from Drinkbox Studios, Severed, 
And then you also had, um, well, actually, Hotline Miami, wrong number. You got a chance with both those games. Could you tell a little bit more uh, to the people out there about your thoughts on those upcoming Vita, Vita titles? Well, Hotline Miami, wrong number, of course, takes you back to those days of, you know, the original Grand Theft Autos. You know, you got the not-so-great graphics, top-down screen, and, you know, just stupid blood and gore. And that's what it was. Of course, it was mostly my blood that was getting splattered all over the place, but that's beside the point. Honestly, it was a really good game control-wise. It was a little hard to control the aiming. It was a little off at certain points, but... Did you get a chance to play the, uh, the original Hotline Miami? Uh, a little bit, briefly. I don't remember too much about it. I know I played it maybe once or twice. Nothing real major, but I liked it. What I did play of it. Um, what about Severed? my pickup. Severed made me want to cut my own arm off. <laughs> and that's only because Gerald can attest to this. He watched me play it. It, it was like an endless maze. Once you got your weapon, you killed one thing and you could never find your way back where you were supposed to go. There was no true direction of what you were supposed to be doing. You just kind of went around in circles, back and forth, and I wasn't cool with that. It needs a little more direction of what you're supposed to be doing once you get your weapon and you're told what to do after that. That's it. I thought Fat Princess was fun. And yeah, that's what that I was asking. Really me. fun. The last thing you guys, uh, the last thing you guys want to talk about was uh, your co-op experience playing uh, Fat Princess Adventures, uh, the latest Fat Princess Adventure, uh, which is coming in 2015. Uh, no specific date as of yet on that either. Um, your thoughts on that, guys? On playing a co-op uh, on that. You know, as I was uh, telling the gentleman over at the Sony booth, you know, being a big fan of the Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, um, you know, I, I didn't, I know this in terms of the gameplay itself is obviously not similar to that, but I got that feel where this was just a fun game to play. Like, it would be genuinely fun for, for me and you to jump on and, and play. I, I just, you know, I it was, uh, I think like he, like he was putting it over there was like, um, it was kind of like a dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was like uh, it, you had some very unexpected <laughs> attention to detail, like in terms of the gore and stuff. It was like right. really unexpected, but it was like a good unexpected. It's like, la, 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 la. Everything's pretty, and then splat. Yeah. Or like when I accidentally turned you into a chicken, and then turned myself into a chicken. <laughs> and then we eventually were just, you know, our characters transformed into big fat, overweight. Yeah, I had too much cake. That was not a good thing, but. Keep that to yourself. We did not personally have too much cake. Yeah, we didn't personally indulge ourselves that much. But um, I, I was uh, I, I don't know. I was I, I was actually genuinely. I can actually say that that I would. Gen, uh, this I, is definitely something I'd play again. Yeah, I would definitely recommend that to somebody to play. I, I had fun with it. I th- I think it would be a great co-op experience. Especially, I'd, I'd love to see what it was like with four people. Yeah, the, I, I think four people, two people was fine. I can't imagine four. That 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 would probably make for a good time. So, uh, great things are coming up for Sony. Uh, hopefully, you'll stick to us here at yourgamesource.com uh, for the latest uh, from the International CES 2015 and also upcoming uh, games such as these for not only PlayStation, but Nintendo and Xbox. And now Android gaming, because we also spent uh, some time there too. But we'll talk about that in another episode. Gerald, before we leave Sony, though, weren't you let down by a certain aspect or missing aspect? Well, they, uh, they had PlayStation Now, which has been out, which actually was announced last year. But they didn't have PlayStation View, which they've talked about a little bit in more detail, which is the, uh, the TV experience, subscription TV experience, which they're going to provide customers on the PlayStation uh, outlets 
Uh, unfortunately, they did not show that here, so I was kind of disappointed. Uh, but I'll have Nick follow up with uh, their PR rep to, to see if we can uh, get more information for you as soon as possible. But uh, there's a lot of great things that we've seen and, and done here at the Sony booth. We we're just glad that uh, you could be a part of it. And thank you again for listening or watching. Hey, this is Aaron, Nick, Gerald, and Jamie with YourGameStores.com. We're here at the International CES in Las Vegas, and we're here with Travis First of Razer. And what are you going to tell us about today? So today we announced the Razer Forge TV. We're really excited about it. Um, earlier there, this year, we announced our partnership with Google to bring next-level Android gaming to the big screen. Um, and so that was back in June, and since then we've been working with hundreds of developers to bring next-level hardcore Android gaming to the big screen, and that's via the servo, or, or sorry, via the servo controller and the Forge TV. Um, and we're not talking about normal Android games, we're talking about high-quality graphics and controller support. Um, the Forge TV will support up to four controllers, so you can really bring your friends together and, and game against each other. And so on the show floor today, we've got some great, great game titles. Um, Bomb Squad is one of them. You can get your friends together and, and you know, beat each other up and knock each other up, and there's some really cool games that you can play with it as well. Um, the console specs, though, is very powerful for a small core factor. It has a quad-core 2.5 gigahertz processor and a gaming graphics card. Um, for connectivity, you've got gigabit ethernet, wireless AC, and also HDMI out. So for a media uh, streaming and gaming box, performance is very important. That was actually developed by uh, the same... It's barely bigger than uh, Game Boy Advance SP. I mean, that's nuts. So it was developed by the same team that did our Razor Blade notebooks. Uh, the award-winning design and engineering team. Um, they're great at cramming a lot of power and performance into a small form factor. And they've done it again with the Forge TV. Um, now, to control your games, we've announced the Razor Servo Controller. Android gaming controller. Um, like I said earlier, you can pair up to four controllers to the Forge TV um, for in the living room. Now, if you want a game on the go, we have a mobile phone clip that comes with the servo controller, and it simply attaches on right here, and you can basically game on the go with your smartphone. Now, with a lot of cloud safe games, you can use like uh, Asphalt 8, for instance, has cloud safe, and so you can game on the go on your smartphone, and then you can pick up where you left off on your big screen TV. So there's that connectivity as well. That's, that's awesome. That is awesome. And, and, and so what, what cloud based service? Uh, so it's dependent on the game titles for the support of it. So like Asphalt 8, and there's a lot of other games that support like cloud safe, Google Play. So all the games and the media content and everything you can access. smartphone app, so um, you can download it from either the Google Play Store or iOS Store, and that will allow you to control the Forge TV um, through your smartphone or tablet. And so there's an on-screen remote, there's a really neat swipe gesture, um, so you don't have to look at the TV. Uh, you can do voice search, so I can hit the voice search button, talk into my phone, and it will search up on the screen as well. So there is some integration now. And so, for mobile gaming, at least on the controller side, it's Bluetooth. So you can sync this up to your iOS or your Android phone. 
at the International CES in Las Vegas, 
and we are here with Jerry Stern of Stern Pinball and he's going to give us a little tour and tell us the future of Stern Pinball hopefully. Well, hopefully there is a great future. Well, <laughs> and not just yes. hopefully, there's a great future. No, 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 we're I meant hopefully you were going to tell us what that future is, not that you have a hope. Okay, so here we are. Here we are at the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, this is, uh, you might say, why is a coin-op game company here? It's because we have three customers. We have game operators all over the world. We export half of our game. We have uh, enthusiast collectors. And we have rec room buyers, a guy who's 45, 50 years old, played pinball as a kid and, and uh, wants to have a pinball machine. This is the first showing of our new WWE pinball machine, WrestleMania, with the uh, upper play field that is the, the ring. Uh, with uh, with slingshot kickers up there so that you can wrestle in the ring. It's really very cool. It's, it's fun. That's it's, what Jamie's playing fun. right now. Yeah. yeah. I don't it, know that you can really call what he's doing playing. He's more like pushing buttons. Yo, you mean sort of like me. <laughs> you know, during, you during, so. during, during part of the design process, everybody at work has to play 15 minutes a day. You don't want to play pinball, you shouldn't work at a pinball company. <laughs> so I play 15 minutes a day, and the purpose of that is to make sure everything's working and to percentage the game, see the features are coming. Some of the players are very good. Lyman Sheets is a, you know, a world-class competitor, ranked way up there with the IFPA. Uh, I represent, being 69, older and slower, I represent the customer in a pub, in a bar, who's had about a buck and a half of beer. I play old and slow, you know, and so I'm an important part of it. So, any event, we have those three markets, um, and we are showing here WWE, also uh, Mustang, a Pro, and a, and a Boss Premium, I think, I can't remember. And uh, we have uh, Star Trek and uh, The Walking Dead. So, some some of everything here. Um, Actually, for some reason, we don't have a metallic. We're still making those. Uh, we're just out of room. We also have a demo unit here that shows our new electronic system, our spike system, which is introduced with the WWE. Now, we've used part of that system. It's, it's a scalable, uh, you know, modular system. So we started with part of it in our, uh, the PIN, uh, which was a home-only game. Um, we uh, then tested some... Uh, uh, I think it was Transformers with it. We made some ACDC uh, 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 premiums, which has got a, a lot of uh, things for the system to operate. And you'll see here uh, both a SAM system and a Spike, the new system, Spike the Walking Dead. So we sent some of these games throughout the world, and, you know, tested them everywhere. And basically what we've done is we've gone from a matrix system uh, which is what basically we were all doing since the 70s to a bus system. Um, it, it's a, um, just like in an automobile, you used to have a cable about the size of my wrist running through that car and all these wires going to the different things. Now they, like in your computer, they run you know, a, a, just a, a data line through the car and go to node boards or semi-smart boards. We're doing the same thing. So we've got about a uh, five by six inch uh, sound CPU board in the, in the back box of the game. No fluorescent tube anymore, which is really important in Europe where they don't have American fluorescent tubes, so sometimes the game are dark. And instead, uh, 10 super bright LEDs, and that will that lights the back glass beautifully. The, the games are all LED, very little failure. Now you've got you know, a, a much uh, 
uh, much less wire, which you can see here. Unfortunately, whoever's listening can't see it through. Uh, We've already taken some pictures, oh, so we'll have them up. Oh, good. Then you'll see it's got much less wires. It's much simpler. It's more reliable. It's also scalable and, and that, yeah, well, modular in the sense you can see various node boards in there. Switching power supply instead of a boat anchor transformer. Uh, and, and, and when I say it's scalable, as we plan to do things in the future, we can just add on to that. If we need more node boards, you put more node boards in for an LE or some such thing. If we... Uh, if we, uh, uh, if we have some new, new, totally different kind of feature, or you just scalable, you, you have a, 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 that added on the board. It's got other features on it, like uh, uh, headphone uh, and speaker uh, uh, connections in the CPU itself, which I brought out to the game, that type of thing. They're going to be there. There's all kinds of things that are still being added to it. I'm not sure which are there in any one day. Do you think uh, you eventually, uh, maybe in the short term or long term, see any wireless capabilities? When you say wireless, you're talking about communication. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, whether it be for for operators or players. Uh, so, you know, for operators, they could they, if they can campus their games, uh, or the game tells them it's got a problem in the cloud. shape of a mouse, you won't sell any unless you pay Walt. You pay Walt, you sell all you can make. Um, it, it, it's something that works. It gives, it gives uh, you know, certainly the casual player an identification with the game. Uh, you know, let's talk about casual player for a minute. It's very important for gameplay, for games, to have not only the great players, the enthusiasts, but we have to have the casual player. If we don't, everybody's trying to broaden the player base. Uh, in all game design, whether it be slot machines, uh, uh, smartphone games, whatever it is. And so you want to keep, even in my father's day at, at Williams, you want to keep your core player, but increase your player base. You don't want to do something that loses the core player, but if we don't increase that player base, the players will die off, and there will be no collectible games, and the guy who is 50 years old and wants the game at home, in his home that he played when he was a kid, he's going to buy a smartphone. Right? He's going to look for a 30-year-old smartphone. So, you know, it's important that we have that casual player. Um, so going to the licensing, it does a number of things. It puts us in connection with other creative people out of our strictly ivory tower. Uh, WWE, they did the art for, the, for this game. And, and, you know, you get, we made a game, Tales from the Crypt, which was a pretty cool game. And it had a scene in it that our guys were so creative with the dot matrix of somebody being cut in half. How creative with a chainsaw? Except that's Joe Pesci. I saw that episode. It gives people ideas. There's a ball-eating dinosaur on Jurassic Park, which was licensed because Crichton knew that to do a book about uh, uh, cloning, you should use what's current, dinosaurs. So it just there it gives you the idea of what's current. 
so uh, it, 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 now there's also promotional capabilities. You know, with The Walking Dead, we had 120 advertising spots featuring our pinball machine, exposing it to a larger audience on their first eight episodes this season as part of a, a contest that, that, that we participated in. So it's, it gives us quite a bit of, you know, of plus there. Yeah, one of the things that does have the licensing is if we have a licensed title like WWE or, or The Walking Dead, and, and I call our French customer, I say, I got The Walking Dead. Okay, if I call them and I say, I got uh, uh, Ghosts from Hell, they say, send me two, I'll test it for eight weeks and maybe I'll order some then. So it's a, it's also a way of starting a production line, of getting cash flow, uh, of, of, uh, of uh, running a business in a factory. So brand recognition, obviously, especially in this, in this particular sense, is very important. Now, when we talk brand recognition also, we're here at this show, so why are we here? And yes, we saw games to operators. Yes, we saw games to enthusiasts. We also have games sold to this general record buyers and general public. But it's also about brand recognition, the stern brand, and about uh, about exposure of pinball in general to get it out there. We we've seen a resurgence in pinball. A lot of that is due to what uh, Jody Danford, our, our marketing guy, and, and our people have done to get it out there. Now, like, I know gaming, gaming in essence, has gone through an evolutionary change from years ago until now. Generationally, do you think, I mean, does, does pinball games, in a sense, still have a large niche in the gaming? You know, the trend today, I'm going to answer it backwards, maybe. There's a trend today in this country, the barcades. And these barcades, which are for young people your age, what have you. Uh, first of all, they have craft beer in a lot of them. And if it's 9 to 11%, I like it. I don't like, I, you know, I'm a vodka drinker, so I don't like 4% beer. It's a waste of time. But give me a good 9.5% beer, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy. But having, putting that part of it aside, these barcades, you know, 30, 40, upright videos from the 80s, easy to learn, hard to master. Not a big movie on, on a video screen, but just basic gameplay. And this this is really uh, reverberating with, 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 with the people going to these bars, the young people. Pinball becomes very popular in these bars. And again, good pinball should be easy to learn, hard to master. That, that uh, casual player, easy to learn, great, that deep player, great player, hard to master. So, do I think it's uh, pinball's appropriate uh, for a younger audience today? I don't mean children per se, though I know children are more pinball. I'm talking about young adults. Uh, we've always been attuned to the bar business. Uh, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, in terms of, uh, if you had an enthusiast or consumer, general consumer, what would, what would one of the machines generally call something you wanted to? The pro model has a uh, has an MSRP of five thousand nine nine five. The limited editions, depending, each of those is priced differently. But let's say they're eight eighty five hundred dollars for one of those. Now, obviously, some people occasionally get better deals than that. Uh, 
about that to happen. If somebody was interested in you know, purchasing one, would they contact your company directly? They could, we, we don't sell directly, but they could contact us and we would put them in touch with somebody depending on where they are. Uh, you know, a few people. They can also go on our website, storypinball.com, and click on buy and find a bunch of people they can contact. I was just fascinated by the new spike spike system. Yeah, my yeah. Because we were talking about the possibilities with the new spike system. Excuse yeah. me. As far as um, Jody was mentioning to us, um, Wi-Fi aspects, and that you'd be able to interconnect. That, that'll with, come. Because one of the fascinating things with, with uh, video gaming is leaderboards and competing against people all around the world. And it's not just you're competing against a high school on one table. Eventually, there, there is social networking such as that. There's, you know, there's a bunch of things you can, you can do ultimately as we get there, patients. There's also, as I mentioned, these gentlemen, for operators to pull their machines or the machine to tell them that something's wrong and so forth, make changes in that machine, download software into that machine without having to, where it actually happens all the time because sometimes software isn't updated. There's a lot of advancements that can come with the technology, but first you have to have uh, that type of system. Again, it, it is scalable, modular system. We can grow with it, and it will make uh, future designs and developments easier. Well, we're uh, definitely excited here at YourGameSource.com to see the future and how the pinball will always keep evolving. It will indeed. But it's still, it's still, as Harry Williams said, if the ball is wild, it's a ball of bad game. Keep your eye on the ball. There you go. Fair enough. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you for your time, sir. Play some pinball. We absolutely will. Thank you again. This is Aaron, Gerald, Jamie, and Nick with YourGameStores.com. Well, we're back at CES. I'm here again with Jamie, Angry Nick, and myself, Gerald. We're uh, going to go at it right now. We are at, well, we're at Snail Games. Oh, we're good. here with Eric. Yes. Eric, uh, good to see you. We're here. <laughs> How are you doing? The actual, I'm going to announce this now, the coolest name in the gaming world. O-Box. Yes. There you go. So tell us more, Eric, about so the O-Box. The O-Box is our modular Android system that's being developed by Snail Games right now. We, um, it's running on the... NVIDIA Tegra K1 chip. It also has a 192 CUDA core GPU. It runs any Android device. It has 4K capabilities. Three USB ports. USB 3.0. Um, modular design, if I, didn't real, if I didn't mention that. You can take out the chips. You replace them with the other ones when they become available. You can replace the hard drive. It can use 2.5 or 3.5 standard hard drives. Um, you can flip the top open. If I would, I can show you the insides of it, but it might reset the machine right now. <laughs> That's uh, Bluetooth-based for all your controllers. Uh, the controller has an air gesture mouse. It has media capabilities. Um, it has three, U uh, three HDMI ports in, so it can be as your media hub for your main central in your, in your, in your living room. Um, I know 4K is a big. I know that's a big push now. So that's yes. pretty incredible. I mean, and considering all the capabilities that it seems like it has, it's it's a fairly smaller device. It's, it's pretty robust for an Android device. I would definitely say. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, so, so is there any? Are there any plans? And I, I know I've kind of gauged this question for other folks too. Um, 
I know Android seems to be the. Is it because it's primarily that's the open source? Right. To be able to use it. Now iOS. Are there any plans to to integrate some of? I am not particularly sure about that. I think it'd be kind of hard to mix the two worlds together. I don't yeah, think yeah. they actually like each other enough yeah. to be sitting in the same room <laughs> I, together. I the same thing. So, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. I would love for it to happen, but I don't think they would. <laughs> so, so now, um, in, in terms of some of the other uh, capabilities of it, um, does it does it allow a lot of the, uh, I guess, the standard things now, like media streaming, such media as, streaming, like, Netflix? We will have anything that runs on Android will run on that box. Great, cool. Yes. So, so, that, uh, so in that case, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it would otherwise use it like the Google Play. Yes, 100%. Google Play, uh, Tegra Zone, our own Snell Store that will be opening up soon for our own developed games. Okay. It's, so, um, tell me about, uh, tell me a little bit, if uh, if I may, about um, what comes kind of in the box when you buy it. Are you getting the O box comes in the box. The box. All right, cool. And a controller, and we're still actually figuring out the actual different tiers because I think we're, we're going to release it in different tiers so that bigger hard drives or okay. you know two controllers, one controller. Kind of a lot of the standard stuff. Standard, yeah, yeah. What the, uh, the, 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 the 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 consumer different options? What's the um, so in terms of some of uh, uh, more about the system itself, like what what's going to be kind of at, at, at this juncture, like the standard like hard drive size? Um, it it should right be now. coming with a 500 gig hard drive to start, and nice. it's going to be maxed out at four terabytes. Is what the OS is in right now. People say, "Oh, Damn, four oh, terabytes yeah. for Android," but it's, you have to understand that you can put all your media on here, all your MP3s, your movies. Ooh. So it's a it's a killer little machine. <laughs> that is awesome. Four terabytes. Yeah. Um, so obviously uh, HDMI. HDMI. It has mini HDMI as well. Oh. For really? uh, for linking with our cell phone device, the W3D that we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> All right. Cool. Awesome. Um, what do you? Uh, what's like the standard MSRP going to be on? Um, we are still figuring that out. That is something that I have no visibility into. All I get to do is play with the nice little toys. Awesome. Good deal. And um, how many controllers? That is sync up to four right now. We might be able to get it up to eight, depending on the frequencies. It's uh, a little bit out of the technical range of my scope, but that's what they told me. <laughs> no, no, but you're right. That, that is a very robust little system. So, yes. what else you got for us? All right, so go take a look at the cell phone over here. Not that we're not excited to hear more about you know, the O-Box. But... Oh, but this is where you'll hear more, yeah. about, more about the O-Box. <laughs> so, the W3D right W3D is our Android-based cell phone gaming device. So this is actual cell phone, but it actually has nice standard controllers that all us gamers have been used to all our lives. One cool thing, any Android game is going to run on this, right? But usually Android games use a touchscreen. You'll be able to take, we have a macro program to this machine right here that you'll be able to take any of the gestures that you would use. Say you had an on-screen D-pad and you like, you know, you tap this to jump. You'll be able to, to map, jump to this button or whatever button you like actually. Portrait buttons on top. Um, and you'll be able to use the standard controls in any game that you would like and you feel like playing a real game as opposed to playing a cell phone game. And swipe gestures. Swipe gestures crap, will yeah. still work actually. It also has... Glassless 3D eye tracking. It's gonna blow your mind. Watch this. Take it out. I'm, I'll hold it for you. Okay. It's just being temporal. That's all. Network not available. Oh, this was kicked off the network for some reason. <laughs> Boom! I got another one right here. Oh, that's all right. So, once it maps your eyes, the 3D effect is gonna kick in. 
No way. Yeah. That that is incredible. See? That is it's facial recognition ma eye mapping. That is incredible. This uh, phone right here, the, the specs on this phone, it's a dual SIM card phone, so you can actually use two different lines on it, like a business line and a personal line, something like that. 2.2 um, 8 core processor, 2, two gigs of RAM, 16 gigs of onboard memory. Uh, does it have, uh, so obviously with the additional, uh, uh, you'll, you'll, it'll be, uh, you'll be able to expand upon that. Yes, yeah, it has a SIM card slot, so you can put up to 64 gigs in there or whatever SIM card, bigger SIM card that you can come out with before then. Nice, all right, cool. And um, it also syncs up to the O-Box. So they're like big brother and little sister, so to speak. So this could be used, a W3D could be used as a controller for the O-Box as well. And it can sync with it, transfer information in between the two, kind of like a cloud service as well. Do you know, um, are, are they going to be all the uh, standard cell providers? Standard cell providers, yes. It's an unlocked phone as well. Oh, great. So okay. you just pop your SIM card in there. And Sweet. Uh, what do you, um, do you have a time frame as, as to when this will be available on market? It's going to be, the information is going to be coming out just after E3 or right at E3 next, this year. So that's when you uh, start looking for it. You guys going to be there too? Yes. Yes. We live in LA, so we're going to definitely be there. So. <laughs> we'll be there too, so I'll probably see you there too. That sounds good. Now, um, so what do you, um, I know, and this may be out of little scope, so I apologize, okay. but... What do you think price range-wise, do you think? Um, they haven't decided on that either. That's I, something that's I, going to be coming out later. I figure as much because yeah. I know a lot of the, con the, way the contracts work and yes, all your yes. companies work now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're ironing out all those information right now, actually. So Great, I'm sure it'll be coming soon because now that it's been announced, people know about it. Now they're going to have to answer the questions. <laughs> that is incredible. Are you sending out demo units to, to publications here in will be. Um, have you spoken to the people in the front? No, if you I give them your information, that's when that's how you get on that, 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 that the list. Okay, great, fantastic. Anything else to add? Uh, that's, that was it. That's what I want to make sure. Got got uh, got my video beforehand before your conversation. So cool. Great. Well, I appreciate your time, Eric. Excellent. Eric, thank you that very was much. Good for me as well. I got to go through the whole thing. So that's no, no, no problem. You've been incredibly helpful. Cool. Thank you for all the information. Again, that was Eric here at Snail Games USA. Uh, this is Nick and Gerald and Jamie's floating around here Jamie's somewhere. Well, Jamie's, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to get him away from the O-Box online. <laughs> He's tearing into it. I wanted to get him to try the ones with, you know, the one right over here that shows a great demonstration of the 3D performance, but I can't get him off that. That's so okay. That does, that does just as good of a job. So. We're going to have to go with ourselves. So. Cool. Well, hey, thanks again, Eric. No, again, no it was a pleasure, man. I appreciate all your time. Oh, thank you, thank you very well. much. Have a great week. I will. This is Nick. We've got Aaron and Jamie here from uh, from Game, uh, Game Source crew here at the International CES uh, 2015. We're here at the Razer booth. Uh, here to talk about some cool stuff about uh, VR. So we're here with Yuval Boger at the uh, Razer booth, and he's going to introduce us to the OS VR, their new uh, VR product here. So go ahead. So what we're going to do is Sure. So what we're announcing uh, is uh, OSVR, Open Source Virtual Reality. It's a, uh, a project sponsored by a group of companies, Razer being one of the main sponsors. And it has two parts. It's got a hardware part and a software part. The hardware part is a uh, high-performance goggle, NADB, high-quality optics, lightweight, wide field of view. That's a good goggle by itself, but the great thing about it is that it's open source. What that means is that you could go to osvr.com, 
and download everything you need to make this goggle. So if you want to make Nicholas's goggles, no problem. Download the things, change the logo, do your own strap, add or, or don't add whatever you want, give it, make it yourself at home or give it to your manufacturer and that's perfectly fine. What you could do even better is if you've got some crazy crazy new sensor that you want to integrate into VR, you could put it on the, the USB port on the side or hang it off the front plate or add it to this. Uh, so, so that's one aspect of the offering. The second one is the software offering. One of the issues that game developers have for VR is that they have to pick the hardware that they're supporting right now. So they say, oh, I'm going to develop for Sony, oh, so I have to use the Move, and that's it. Or I'm going to do an Oculus, and I'm going to use Sixth Sense. But what happens in the air when some other HMD comes on board? I mean, when you have a new printer, do you upgrade your work processor, or you just get a printer driver for Windows? That's what OSVR does. It, it sort of sets up the equivalent of the printer driver. So if you have a new motion tracker, a new eye tracker, a new controller, you plug it into OSVR, and the game doesn't change. The game doesn't even know that you plugged in something new because it already knows how to speak to a motion tracker. Uh, OSVR, the software, runs on Windows, runs on Android. So if you want to run VR on your phone, or on a, on a console like uh, what's shown here on the other side of the booth, or maybe tomorrow on an iPhone. Uh, OCR will let you do that. So for me, it really provides a very diverse opportunity to be able to really integrate a lot of innovative new things. Now, as far as you know, for, for new devs, is it is it something that's that's relatively easy for somebody to go, hey, you know, I'm interested in designing something? Is it something that's really complex? I, our experience is that it's been pretty easy. I mean, we've got demos here in the booth that, for instance, we went to a, a game developer they said, oh, we wrote our game in Unity. We said, great, we've got a Unity plugin to OSVR. Here's a demo, just go for it. And these demos, we can swap trackers in and out and the game doesn't even know because the OSVR is the same. Again, just like swapping printers. Uh, if you develop new hardware, Developing the hardware is sort of the difficult part. You're the expert in it. You're going to do whatever you want to do. But connecting it to OSVR is going to be simple. OSVR is open source. We have examples. Here's an example driver for this device. So take that, modify it to the specific uh, needs, the specific features of your uh, contraption, and go up there. What's the price point you can get? So this is going to ship to the community in June for $199. $199. Yeah, it, it's Completely funny. open source. Uh, that's a lot more reasonable than many of the other, you know, like Oculus Rift and things of that nature in the market. Glad you feel that way. Yeah. That's that. I think it's a lot more reasonable. Do um, you want to add anything? No, I'm just glad it's more like a PC where it's almost plug and play versus a console where it's static for eight years and you have to upgrade the whole unit at one thing instead of piecemeal, which this sounds more piecemeal, which is good for consumers. And, and the, the model we, we think about is we look at Android. I mean, Android being an open source operating system, and that generated so much innovation. So on one hand, made it much easier to create new exciting phones. And on the other hand, it didn't stop from an LG or a Samsung to say, oh, I'll take Android and I'll have some special features that are only for LG, and that's fine. So take OSVR, they make Jamie's goggles. Uh, to have a special thing that only 
you know how to do or you have the ability to kind of make it personalized yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. So, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, the weight and everything with it, do you find that, you know, after after a while, it becomes like, man, I'm going to take this thing off my back. Well, I've been wearing it on my uh, neck the whole morning, and it's, it's a lightweight device. And, uh... and again, you know, from my, my, my previous experience, having having kind of tested that, Jamie and I actually, I know we had... At one time, you know, it was like, man, this thing is heavy, so it's, you know, it's good. And I think versus a lot of the, uh, the side pieces, I think it was mostly plastic, so you, know, you had a lot more weight. This looks more like a scuba mask exactly. than, than a headset, the way the old ones look like. Exactly. Cool. Well, great. Well, hey, thank you very much. We appreciate the opportunity, all the great information. We're definitely excited, so we're looking forward to June. So, you know, visit OSVR no problem, either to get the schematics or just to catch up with new partners. I mean, we've announced this with about a two dozen partners that are already in this contributing their own stuff. Um, hey, Indy's coming up in the world, so. <laughs> Yes. We love indie devs. Some of them are indie devs and the others are Bosch or Vixen, uh, so Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time. Yep. This is Aaron, Jamie, and Nick with YourGameSource.com at CES. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content all here at yourgamesource.com.